What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. All right, welcome into another episode of Candid Coaches Conversations. Uh, we got a great show for you this week. Uh, we're going to touch on HBCUs, historically black coaches and universities. And we got a great, great panel uh, for you here today of some of the best assistants in the HBCUs. Uh, we've got my partner in crime, Charlton Young from Florida State, otherwise known as CY. And we have Sean Woods, uh, one of the few, the very few coaches that has been able to get a job from a head job from an HBCU uh, out of the HBCU. So let's uh, let's kind of get to it here and, and talk about the, the major issue at hand, which is why HBCUs don't get more respect for me. You know, that, that ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? More than anything, you know, the numbers are, are ridiculous. Since 2013, only two head coaches have gotten jobs from HBCUs. One of them was white this year, Ryan Ritter. So just one black head coach, Mike Davis, who happened to go to a national title game years ago at Indiana. I mean, think of this. Sean Woods, you're one of five coaches to, to get a job from an HBCU since 2012. The other one, John, John Cooper, Anthony Evans. So Sean Cooper went Tennessee State to Miami of Ohio. Anthony Evans went um, – Norfolk State to FIU, and then obviously Mike Davis uh, went to Detroit from Texas Southern, and this year Ryan Ritter uh, went Bethune-Cookman, and they didn't play to Texas uh, to uh, UT Martin. And, and Sean, uh, we know you went to Mississippi Valley State to Moorhead State in 2012, and you're back at Southern now. All right, so let's start with you, Sean. Uh, you've been in this league. You got out of this league. You're now back in this league or with HBCUs. Um, what what do you think the perception is of HBCU basketball? Well, I think because of you know the now uh, it, it's starting to, to to take get some momentum because of the 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 the, the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, you know some some a couple guys that that has stints in the NBA have joined our league, which is the SWAC. Um, and we've been able to, you know, to, to, to do a couple good things, uh, especially when Mike was here in, in the SWAC. They, they won a couple games in the NCAA tournament. Um, but the history of, of, of HBCUs is, is, is unfortunate um, because every coach in America complains about something. And I think it's one of the most intriguing leagues in college basketball. Me, myself, um, you know, we may not have the resources, you know, financially. And that that's the biggest thing that HBCUs get hit with 
is financial resources. Um, but I think all HBCUs now are really making a significant um, charge, especially from these universities, as far as doing doing much better jobs from um, uh, facilities. Um, the academic situation has always been there. Uh, it's just the image. And now we have a new commissioner, especially in our league, uh, which is Charles McClellan. He's really making a, a, a stand and, and, and getting us publicity, especially from a national standpoint. And we're playing more national games on ESPN and ESPNU than we've ever had. And more so than any other, you know, any other low mid major league that I can, that I can think of right now. And I think it's heading in that right direction to where it's not about being all black anymore, because there is some significant change in that too. Um, I think now with, with the, 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 the coaches that these schools are hiring is going to start to give HBCU, especially basketball, more credibility. So how do we continue? And, and maybe it's a question, Sean, like for you too, as, as media people and, and white media people, what do mm-hmm. we do? How can we help HBCUs? Obviously, we saw kind of a push, right? McCurr Maker commits to, to Howard, and everybody blows that up. That was an easy one. He's a he's a highly touted player, so that was an easy one. That's not going to happen every year. Let's be right. honest. How, right. how can we continue and sustain momentum to give you guys more exposure, credibility, whatever it is? Jeff, I, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm come right at you with it. Come to our come to our games. Yeah. It starts with that. See, you know, everybody, Matt, they don't come to our games. They don't they don't see the atmosphere and to appreciate it. You know, you see it from afar and you go by what you hear. I think you guys need to come and experience it. Come to, you know, not just on game day. Come when it's just a normal day. Watch practice. Watch, you know, how things go and, and get an intimate feel about it. Then you will, per se, have a better appreciation. And be like, hey, this is no different than nothing else. Or you may appreciate the difference from an HBCU standpoint to where you want to get it out there because you can't tell the story unless you come in with us and hang out with a guy like me and say, hey, I hung out with Sean Woods at Southern University. Boom. Now you got a story to tell because of your credibility. Now people will listen. Well, man, well, shit, if Jeff Goodman says it's sexy to – to go to Southern University or Texas Southern or whatever, you know, because everybody wants to hear from you. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 and guys like you, you give the check mark. You, you give the okay. You, you know what I mean? When you say something, people listen and give it merit. Well, come hang out with me. Come hang out with us, and then you'll be able to tell the story, which will give us more merit and give us more credibility. If you understand what I'm saying, hundred percent. And we got an even bigger problem, and and I'm going to take it a step further. I'm honored to be on the call with you guys. I'm honored that this is the first time we've had um, a successful group of African-American historical black college coaches on a national deal talking about basketball. Number one, last week, the reason we're doing this show, we had turnkey search firm, who we have a tremendous amount of respect for who is very, very good, has been good to assistant coaches and has been good to minority coaches. Um, But they made a couple comments uh, that 
you know, we did, I didn't agree with uh, that, that black college, black college coaches don't market themselves, that they're not out. Uh, I want to clear that up right from the beginning of this show. I've been in the profession 26 years. I've seen the best of the best in HBCU basketball coaches. Fang at Coppin, Ty Bozeman at Morgan, uh, Cy Alexander. I mean, it's, it's been some really, really good coaches. And all of these guys work their butts off, and they're really, really good. But I'm glad what, what happened last week happened because we needed to address the elephant in the room as a profession. And Sean, you, you, you can attest to this because you're from the 1900s like I am. We first got to change the perception of HBCU basketball within our own coaching community. Because here's the truth, and we need to address the elephant in the room. If a young man gets a job at Florida Gulf Coast, Wofford, or uh, College of Charleston, the perception is he's on his way up. If he gets a job at HBCU, the perception is he's stuck. That's what we got to attack, not with the media, Sean, amongst our own coaching community. And then you can build out because I got Reggie Sharp on this call who I coached at Auburn, who, who should be a Division I head coach. I got Willie Powell at Florida A&M, who was my point guard at Georgia Southern, who should be the next head coach at Georgia Southern. But a lot of people don't want to hire guys when they got HBCU on their resume. And that's what, because, has, because that's it, what has to change. Because we got to address it. Somebody jump in. Daryl Sharp. Daryl Sharp. Part of the problem, in my opinion, is when you're at HBCU, you don't win the press conference for the AD. So we all know at the end of the day, ADs want to win the press conference with the hire. So if if you can't win that press conference because there's a perception of HBCUs that we just, when we don't coach or we don't, we don't have the structure, we don't have the same schedule. And I don't know why that perception is out there. We don't get the exposure that we should get. For example, Hampton university goes to the big South. Everyone, says to me the first summer I'm on the road, well, the perception will change now that you're at you're at Hampton, but you're you're in the big south. Jeff, the perception has not changed. The second year, we were fortunate enough to go to the championship game against Winford, conference tournament. Yep. In the second year of the conference. Perception hasn't changed. I bet I'll go, I'll pick up a, a basketball magazine this fall and I'll go to the to the HBCU section when I was in the MEAC and there'll be teams that have names of players that haven't played for a year in the back section. MEAC schools. So when, when I see that media people don't even know the players for some of the teams, next season there's there, there's just no understanding of what's going on you know i think that excuse me uh jeff and see why i think this conversation right now is a great start this is the beginning of something that's bigger than and then we all can possibly imagine one day 
you know, the opportunity to have us here, to give us this national platform, to be able to speak to the world and let us know that we are intelligent men. We are people that work extremely hard. The same hours that T.Y. may put in that Florida State, I put in that Norfolk State. I work as hard as anybody in. And I can honestly say that I don't care what level you're on. I think I'm as smart as anybody that I go against on a daily basis. You know, Daryl's talking about perception. You know, last year we beat two big South schools. We beat Atlantic 10 school. We beat a colonial level school. You can't tell me the man that I work for every day can't coach against anybody. You just can't tell me that. And have me not believe that, that I'm working for one of the best coaches, not only in the HBCU, but in, in mid-major basketball. You know, and then we talk about the financial side of it that Coach Walker was talking about. You know, too often we try to we try to compare ourselves and we say that HBCU don't have any money. Well, the reality is we got as much money as Radford. We have as much money as, as Longwood. We may not have as much money as Virginia or ODU, but Longwood doesn't have as much money as Virginia or ODU as well. But then again, it's the perception that we're lacking. We have a beautiful facility. We have a beautiful campus. And we have guys that, that come from high levels. And so I just think that if we can continue to, to put the message out there in print and in media, then we'll do a great job of, 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 of dispelling the perception that's out there. Jamal, that's well said. But again, we got to make sure we change this perception within the coaching I agree. and build out. Because the perception is worse. When I call for a young man that's coaching at Florida A&M and say he should be hired at this school, and they see HBCU on the resume, and they say, ah. Let's see why I can also say this. And like you said, we go from the 1900s. <laughs> One of the things that I think that we had that's no longer in existence is the BCA. When we have other high to mid-major head black coaches that were there that you can have an opportunity for a weekend to get to know and have a conversation with, and then they knew you on a different level. Think about the relationships that were able to be established in that weekend that we always went to every year in Indianapolis that a lot of these guys may be on the Zoom haven't had an opportunity to experience. Why not? Easy question. Why isn't the BCA doing anything? I think that the, the financial side and there wasn't enough support. Not but only just from college coaches, but also from high school coaches. fell apart with, with Big John, Don, uh, Jordan, yeah, Black, John, yeah. John Thompson, Chaney. Those guys were the driving force. Nolan Richardson. Yeah, those guys were the driving force. And we, we, we were young Thundercats at the time. Sean Woods used to be there with us. This pre-internet now. I, I was beeping Sean. Meet me at the meet. meet. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long. You're right. But, uh, You're right. Coach Reggie Sharp, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, thank both of y'all for having us on the show. Uh, and it's a big deal for us in HBCU basketball. But one of my biggest pet peeves, and I think one of the biggest issues with the perception is that we're all put in a box uh, as far as HBCU coaches. If I say Sean Woods, one of the best HBCU coaches in the country, or Lavelle Moe or uh, Robert Jones, I don't say that two of the three are the best HBCU coaches. I say they are three of the best coaches in the country. When a kid want to go to North Carolina Central, I don't say – North Carolina Central University is one of the best HBCUs in the country. I say North Carolina Central is one of the best universities in the country. So when you put us in a box, you exclude me from all the other PWI universities in the country. 
what makes me different than him? And you all are doing a great job getting us on the podcast, uh, but and I don't want to say an issue because I want to make sure y'all know me. See, see why I mean you talk every day, but you have a lot of other podcasts too. Why are we on the HBCU network? I feel like I can talk to VCU. I feel like if Auburn is there, I feel like if Florida State is there, I can talk to any forum about basketball in the business of college basketball. It no, don't have we have listen, one one thing that you and I have tried to do is we have had other HBCU assistant coaches in the other podcasts we've done, and we're gonna continue to do that. Obviously, this one we wanted to be devoted solely to HBCUs from people other than CY. Um, and, and me and Rob that have coached in it, that can talk about it, that know it, that live it. You know what I mean? Like, but but we're going to continue to have and, and, and try to make sure people understand that it's not everybody else and you guys. And, That's and how I, it feels to us a lot of times. It's everybody else. But when the conversation gets too big for us, then let's, let's talk to these guys. But I feel like I'm sure like the rest of you guys in this room, we can talk about basketball with anybody in the country. I know I can I know I can talk about the business of basketball with anybody in the country. So it's, it's indirectly disrespectful to say, all right, let's get all the HBCU guys because they're good in their lane. But when it's trying to get to the other lane, are they really that good or are they good in their own lane? I think all these guys, all these head coaches in the game can coach anywhere in the country. And they don't have to be singled out to say their HBCU coaches are great in that realm. I think they're good in college basketball in general. So I think if we can change that narrative, and this helps, and thank you, I'm not getting on to you and who you have on your show, but I just think that mentality will help everybody moving forward to say, look, these are HBCU coaches only, and we love our HBCUs, but I'm a basketball coach. So don't talk to me about being, oh, those are HBCU coaches. No, we are basketball coaches in the NCAA, and we demand the same respect that everybody else has. So I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves about this whole situation. And Reg, Reg, Reggie Darrell Sharp from Hampton. Jeff, another thing I wanted to say was it just seems like as an HBCU coach, we're not relevant in the conversation until we make the NCAA. Once we make the NCAA, then we become relevant with the field of 68. Until then, we are kept in a place with other HBCUs. Yeah. So I don't know how we change that. You want to know? You know, I, I, I think that's a great thing. You know what it starts with? It starts with our own. It ain't just us coaches. It's got to be the major perception of where we are and who we're dealing with. So, for, for example, it starts with the, the, the whole SWAC mentality, the whole MEAC mentality. You know, sometimes, you know, we th there are things that are we're perceived to be something and we don't even know why we're being perceived of that. You know, I'm not an HBCU guy. I'm a basketball coach. I just happen to coach at happen to coach at Mississippi Valley and happen to coach at Southern University. But when I first got to Mississippi Valley, I was an outcast. You know, and I was like, I wasn't one of them. Right. And, and I was supposed to be different. No, I'm a basketball coach. I'm just like y'all. I'm just in a realm to compete in a league that has, happens to be called the Southwestern Athletic, you know, Athletic Conference. Just because I didn't go to a SWAC school or I don't have SWAC ties doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? But we got to get out of there, too. Sometimes we hurt ourselves with our own mentality. 
and Jeff, the, oh, sometimes, you know, everybody learns from somebody. And, and Reggie's right. You know, we, we are put in a box. That's why now, Jeff, you doing. I, I commend you because this is an opportunity for people that's on this panel and not just the assistant coaches in our league, but head coaches in our league who wants to move on and get bigger and better head jobs. You know, we do need a, 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 a platform. You know, we do need to stop saying uh, HBCU coach and just say, Sean Woods has done a good enough job to be the coach at X, Y, and Z or um, whoever else in our league. You know what I'm saying? Johnny Jones is not a swag guy. Johnny Jones is an SEC guy just like me. You know, Mike Davis won the SEC guy. Roman Banks won the SEC guy. You know, but then when you go to that level, you get tarnished or you get a stamp saying that you're an HBCU coach. Ain't none of us HBCU. We we come from the, the, the cream of the crop as far as how we're raised. So, so I, Sean, Sean, I got to say this. Robert Jones, Norfolk State. I watched him in the NCAA. And tournament. he's good. And he's big really time, good. Big time coach. Um, Lavelle Moat. Really good. Big time coach. Robert McCullough here at Florida AM. Really good. Big time coach. Uh, but well, before Jones. these guys, there was Todd Bozeman at Morgan State. And Todd Really Bozeman, good. Who and wasn't a slight, you know I get what you're saying. Todd Bozeman was beating. High majors, everybody, yes. everybody, yes. and, and, and yes. see that that and so I'm asking the question. Uh, two of the best days of my life was watching Ben Joe beat Georgia Tech, and Ben Joe was a mentor of mine. I love him. I miss him every day. Um, and and watching Fang beat South Carolina, two of the best days of my two of the best days of my life. Uh, my question to the guys on the call us starting from the inside. Is it an issue with the sports information departments at our respected HBC universities? Like, we got to do better, CY. And, and that's... I'm that, asking. And, and that, I don't know that. Go ahead. We have, to do, we have to do better to help ourselves. That's what I mean by we do have to do a better job to help ourselves. You know what I mean? But in on hindsight of that, we got to get out of that image of doing that. You know what I mean? But every every big time coach is a big time promoter. I don't care what nobody say. You know, everybody has to become Muhammad Ali, so, you know, some form of fashion to get to where you're trying to get to. But right now, me, Sean Woods, who has a great relationship with Jeff Goodman, you know, and 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 you see why you and Jeff put this thing together. I am saying this as a head coach. This is where we. This is where it starts. Everything needs credibility. And we haven't had enough credibility to break that whatever image is, is th that, that's perceived on HBCUs. And I, and I don't understand why, because there's been pros coming out of there. I'm talking about. No, that, listen, listen, that's on us. Robert, that's on us the media. Tennessee State, Anthony Mason, Tennessee State, Lindsey Hunter, Jackson State, uh, O'Quinn, uh, Ben Wallace, Virginia Union. Okay, like it's been pros coming out of there. So obviously the game is better than what we're putting it out there to be. The level of talent is better. And that's why I want to have this conversation. Right. We gotta talk about it. 
Let me say this real quick. Um, it's for me, what, what, what I've gathered is when you're talking about inside, you know, in, in your, your administration or in your, in your sports department, some of those people there haven't seen other ways to do it. You know, ha- have an opportunity to be at a PWI side and then coming over to HBCU side, things are done differently. Their, their, their approach is, is at a different level because a lot of those people have come from different places, like in the coaching world, where a lot of people in HBCUs have been there for so long, they're accustomed to, to, to their role. They're accustomed to the way things are. And in their mind, it's worked. It's worked. If, 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 if Norfolk State has won, you know, three in a row, Essentials won four in a row, it worked. So why do we need to change? You know what I'm saying? So, and, and that's, that's tough. It's tough. And then, and then the second thing I want to touch on, you guys were talking about earlier with the BCA, JB saying with the BCA, there's, there's a lot of things out there like Top Connect. I don't see a lot of HBCUs at Top Connect. When, when I see it come across the, the Twitter page, I see one or two brothers. But they're not from HBCUs, you, you know. So that that's where I find it tough. And as an assistant, leave, leaving a PWI and, and coming over to HBCU, the question you get is: Are, are you going? Are you going to get stuck? Uh, you know, do, do you feel like that's a good move? But you know who that question is coming from? It's, it's coming from us. Yeah, we're, we're, can I, we're, can I, can we're I, asking can ourselves can... this question. A lot of the conversation, see why I was just one of a few guys or, 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 or several guys that I reached out to upon taking the job at Texas Southern. As I said before here, I was the associate uh, head coach at UMass. I had been there nine years. We had success there. I mean, we, we I think when I first got there, we won 12 games. Uh, before I left there, we had been 12 in the country there. And we did that with, with mid-major guys. You know what I mean? So the work, the work and the grind was there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, up on taking the job here, I, I, Mike Davis was the coach at the time, and I had a decent relationship with him, and um, and so I knew the job was was mine if I wanted it, but I didn't even take it right away. You know what I mean? And he was such a good guy; he held the job for me the whole summer, and just said, "If you find something else, you, I'm not disappointed. If you do, it's yours." And I think that was a, just a reflection on how good of a guy Mike Davis was, but also. He understood the perception. He understood the other things that I was hearing. And he and, and, and I think CY alluded to it earlier. It, it's, it's like a, um, a demotion, the perception, you mm-hmm. know, when you go to HBCU. And I think that's out of change. Yes. Mike Davis just being in the Big Ten and being in the uh, I think Conference USA and then being here. I think he knew how hard it was for him to get out of here. You know what I mean? So. He wasn't going to tell me that, but he said, if, if you, um, you know, if you, if the job is yours, if you get something else, fine. If not, boom. Um, so I, I, I talked with a lot of guys, see why I was one of them. And, and my question was the same thing. What do they mean? Uh, stuck. You know, some guys would just tell me like, don't get stuck. That's good. Just make sure you don't get stuck. See why I was one of the, see why I was one of several guys that told me it's about your relationships. Um, it's about you. You 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 connect. You got relationships. It's not going to be a problem. And I think um, he he gave me an example of several guys that had coached in the swag and got jobs. Um, when I got here, I understood what you know what what people were saying. You don't really. It's one of those situations, Jeff. Like you were saying, unless you are here, 
you're not really gonna get it. You're only gonna get, you know, um, you know, a piece of what people are saying, but not the reality. And so I think a lot of it is uh, what what Ahmad was saying. S- sometimes you only know what you've experienced. You know, um, I'm sorry, somebody keeps calling. Um, you only know what you've experienced. So that's in terms of in terms of the media relations, in terms of the you know uh, uh, coaches. I think sometimes it's unfortunate when guys have not been outside of the league. You know, because now you start talking about budget. Like, for instance, on the road, when everything is normal, when there's no corona, the year before the NCAA stuff and there was no tournaments, you go on the road and you go recruit. Well, a lot of times, if, if your budget doesn't say that, you don't get to go out on the road and network and have relationships. So I think that some of that stuff has to do with getting stuck as well. It's, it's also about your relationships. But there is – it would be ludicrous to say that there is not an elephant in the room and a perception that – you are going to get stuck if you get an HBCU. And I do think, I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be honestly, I, honest, I do think in spite of, I'm the same guy that was at UMass. I'm the same guy that, 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 that recruited the top 25 recruiting class. I mean, two of the kids just played in the Final Four that I recruited at UMass. I'm that same guy. Nothing's changed. Coach, Coach Jones is the same guy that was in the SEC. You know, Coach Woods is the same guy that was outside of the league. You know what I mean? So, Nothing has changed, but the perception here, it does stick on your resume. And I do think if if you put my resume in front of another guy, let's say, say for instance, say he's at a mid-major or he's at a low mid-major, and and we just talk in the conference in the school, and the trajectory is, is okay, this is the next guy, he's hot, I need to go. They're gonna they're gonna choose that other guy. Young young Ryan, young Ryan Price. Your daddy would have never been quiet this long. Talk to me. No, no. Um, well, I guess I'm, you know, I'm just listening to everybody. Uh, but the perception is not the reality of HBCU basketball. Like, I think there's really good teams. I mean, we look at, at this year's NCAA tournament, Texas Southern, Norfolk State, both those teams got wins in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, they're really good players uh, at – in the MEAC, SWAC, uh, Hampton, Tennessee State, uh, really good coaches. You got Coach Woods. Uh, you got Coach Jones at Texas Southern, B. Smith at Prairie View, uh, Coach Moden at Central, Rob Jones. list just goes on and on. Buck, uh, Buck really and Hampton good. has done a lot of work and yeah. don't get enough credit. Yeah. So, go ahead. You, know, you know, the thing to me is with HBCUs, you have to learn. You have to learn – when you're at an HBCU, you have to do a lot with little. So, and Coach Woods brought that up, like the stuff about budget. Like, I think that's probably like one of our biggest, one of the bigger issues that we run across is budget issues. Uh, you know, from a budgetary standpoint, you know, when you, you're you at a disadvantage, you know, when you have to do things with, with recruiting. Um, as far as going out, you know, Shai said, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I just think that, you know, we got, a, we got a lot of things, a lot of hurdles that we've got to get over uh, that we, that we continue to face, uh, you know, as coaches. Um, Coach Sharp said it. I, I, I think, you know, don't judge me as a guy in the sweat to judge me as a guy that can just be a good coach, period. Don't matter what level. 
in the, you know, in one the other thing, hey, go ahead, go ahead the, oh i'm sorry one other thing i think that we you should be talking about clearing up the perception from within and one of the things that i've noticed and read up and, and studied is the fact that our athletic directors don't spend enough time getting to know the assistant coaches in the league so it's even harder for us to be elevated to a head coaching position in our league. It hasn't been a head coach from the MEAC who started at one school and got a head job at another school since 1988. Mm. So you can't tell me that a Reggie Sharp, who's been a, a, a part of three MEAC championships, wouldn't be worse. championship too now, two slack championships too now. Okay, I'm sorry. So let me, let me go. Let me go. Get him all good now. But, but you're not qualified to to be involved in a head coaching job in this league. You can't tell me that these guys are not. I interviewed for a job in the SWAC last year, and, and and I was a finalist for the job. And after I didn't get the job, he hired someone from within the league, and I I reached out to the athletic director, and I congratulated him because I thought that was an admirable thing to hire someone from within your league to give another young man an opportunity to elevate. So sometimes I feel like our ADs only respect the work that we do. So to clear it up from within, it has to be cleared up from the top. It starts from the top and it comes on down. So yeah, we got to work within ourselves, but every assistant coach on this, on the zoom right now wants to be a head coach at some point. And we think that we work hard enough in our own leagues that we get the respect that we need to elevate from within our own leagues. And I, I want to add to the, Jamal. I think the exact same thing as what you just spoke. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is the word being stuck. You know, I, I have a great athletic director, Doctor Wickham McCree, um, that has made this job pretty good. So Jamal also mentioned earlier, maybe we don't have the money that North Carolina and Duke have, but we can compete, compete on a money scale with some of these big Souths and these smaller leagues. So when you say stuck, I don't want to make it like all these HBC jobs are so bad. And if you get here, you know, you stuck because a lot of these jobs are good jobs. So we're not going to even make the perception that we that bad ourselves by saying if we do get here now, we stuck. I don't feel stuck at North Carolina Central. Now, if the SEC school want to come give me two hundred thousand dollars, then that's a little different. But if it's a small league, want to come back and give me some of the same money or a little less because some of this boil down to your family and, and, your, and your, your lifestyle. So, but if somebody want to come to me with something that's not as good, Central is as good as a lot of these low major jobs that people tend to think is a better job. So I don't want to say stuck and use that word stuck so much because we kind of disrespecting oh, our sorry. league too if we here and we stuck in this league. So I don't want to use that word stuck. And the other thing with Jamal, you were just saying about all of our guys in this room want to be head coaches at some point. And uh, I think everybody does and everybody should have opportunity. But the issue that we're dealing with in black college basketball right now as assistant coaches, we're in the black league too long to go to the white league. But to get a head job in the, in the black league, they're going to get people from the white league. So they're taking, we can't get out and we can't even move around in our own league yeah. because they're taking those people too. So I think you do got a point, Jamal, that, you know, we got to respect our own selves. Our ADs got to respect our own league to show that these guys can get it done. And that's a great point. And I feel the same exact way. I, I think part of the reason that that kind of happens is that um, Daryl mentioned earlier about winning the press conference, right? And I think part of the problem is that for 
coaches that are trying to move out of the the mid-major level, what you really need to do is be able to win in March, right? You got to get that big upset win. You got to get to the second round of the NCAA tournament. You got to be Anthony Evans at Norfolk State and knock off uh, number two seed Missouri, right? But when you are in the MEAC and the SWAC, there are a lot of schools in those leagues where they have to fund athletic departments by just going out and playing all of these buy games, right? And you end up going like one in 12 in non-conference. And, and, and when you have so many teams in a conference doing that, that brings down computer numbers. Those computer numbers are what they use to see teams in the NCAA tournament. And all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where it's like best case scenario is North Carolina Central's getting a 15 seed. Right. And the way that you have to go out and win a game in the NCAA tournament is by pulling off a victory against a top 10 team. And that's very difficult to do no matter what level, no matter what team you're playing against. Like there's a reason why top 10 teams are top 10 teams. And part of the reason why we wanted to do this and part of the reason why I thought having this specific conversation and this specific podcast was so important is because it should be on us, right? Like one of the things that really stood out to me about that Zoom CY and what the, what Turnkey had to say was that they put it on the coaches in the HBCU conferences to promote themselves more. And it should not be that way. It should be guys like me and Jeff that have a platform whose job it is to highlight the best stories in the sport going out and finding the guys that are the best stories in the sport. Jamal, yesterday I spent up the phone. I was on the phone for 45 minutes with, with Robert Jones. I had no idea that when he was an assistant coach at New Paltz, he coached against the team that I played for in college. I had no idea until I got on the phone and I got to talk with him. I wouldn't have gotten on the phone to talk with him if we didn't get called out for part of what happened, uh, what was said on that, that search from Zoom. So I, I think part of the reason we wanted to do this is because it should be we want to be an ally. Right. We want to be able to help elevate people. I, I want to be on the right side of history when it comes to things like this. And I want to make change more. I should be taking it. I should be putting it on myself. It shouldn't be on you to promote yourselves to me. It should be on me to go out and figure out who's got the great stories and elevate those people and elevate those voices and elevate those stories. Now, it and- does help. Listen, Rob, it does help when SIDs call us yes, and give us information. Yes. No, no it, doubt. We can't, it, it we can't be on top of every, every school, 350 of them. No, you're right. But it, I, I should know that the guy that, is they get Norfolk State absolutely against me when I was in like I shouldn't I shouldn't be sleeping on that I should be aware of that so uh, or don't take don't don't get don't get pissed off at the coach because the SID is not as good as you want him to be that happens a lot too a lot you know lot. Don't, don't everywhere don't, wait wait that not just all the time like not just I'm in the back in the swag sometimes you know, SIDs don't even travel with their basketball team. You know what I'm saying? There's certain schools that SIDs don't even have a roster. So that adds on to the image. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Well, let's but, clear this up. Let's clear this, let's clear this up because <laughs> I got to say this. And either, Rob, it's like you was reading my mind. I appreciate you speaking up on this. But the word stuck. Low major and mid-major basketball – I don't care if you're in the MEAC, the SWAC, the OVC, the Sun Belt, the Southern. Everybody is trying to move up out of those leagues. Exactly. So the, the same perception that's at the MEAC and the SWAC. The guys in the OVC and the Southern and the Sun Belt, they're saying, I don't want to get stuck in the Sun Belt. So it's the same deal. Point number two, I was the head coach at Georgia Southern University, my alma mater. I was 43 and 84 in four years. 
I had to raise a lot of money every year just so the program could function. So the same issues that black college basketball HBCUs are having, the head coach at Jacksonville State, the head coach at Georgia Southern, the head coach at Moorhead State, he has to raise a ton of money so the program can function, which every year kills your record. And but T.Y., the difference is but the difference is when you win at that level and because they don't understand that you're going through the same thing, they're quick to say that you're the next hot thing. But when we win at this level, they still say, well, he can't coach. We beat Alabama two years ago in the NIT. People don't realize this. There's 14 Division I schools in the state of Virginia. In the last 10 years, we have the, the, third, the fourth most wins of any school in Virginia in the last four years. And there's 14 Division I schools in the state. And, and, we, and, J.B., we got the same thing here. I mean, over the last 10 years, there's 12 Division I schools in the state of Louisiana. We got the fourth most wins <laughs> in the last 10 years. And, I mean, now, that, now that's an SID problem now. I ain't trying to get nobody fired. I love everybody. I ain't mad. Oh, knows I, hey, I put I put time into to looking that up myself. That's an so, SID problem. That's, that and Jeff and Jeff, that's that's what we're trying to get across. You, we can say all this we want, fellas, and I'm just gonna be straight up with you. It's 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 the perception, but we need guys like Rob, Jeff, to to help us change this. There's no way we're gonna be able to change this ourselves, fellas. We can have all these. These, these Zoom calls, all we want. You yeah. take Rob and Jeff and everybody else out of this equation, we're still at the same situation. We need them to come in and understand and, and judge us on being a basketball coach and the success that we're doing because guess what? We're still the, the successful ones, the, the ones that are successful, like some of us, we're going to get the mid-major and the high-major guys to come back and play for us. Right. That's the one we that's the one where we're winning the league. So we're doing the same thing, but we're not getting the same publicity. Yes. And Jeff, that's the thing. Fellas, Jeff is doing we, we're missing, we're missing it here. Everything is about promotions. Okay? Yeah. Perception becomes reality. And right now, we need Rob and Jeff to help change the perception. The Black Lives okay. Matter changed it a little bit, but here's the deal. When you take when you, you they're talking about you know okay you know you guys you know high major guys top one hundred guys are considered HBCUs right you only get one chance to make the first impression all our facilities ain't great okay those dudes still want to be pros so if you go say for instance you take five visits okay three out of your five visits you take you go to three HBCUs and you go two to to, to PMI okay. Now, two out of three of those HBCUs, facilities, training facilities, all that stuff, awful. Guess what's going to happen? It's going to spread like wildfire with one to two high major guys. Really? Well, everybody's going to know how is it at so-and-so because they've never been there. Jeff Goodman is going to ask that kid, how was, that, how was those facilities? As soon as that kid says, ah, this was not, that, that's awful, that's awful, but this was pretty good, what do you think Jeff Goodman and Rob's going to say? So then it's gonna kill the perception again. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. but but guess here's the deal. It ain't gonna happen with the high points and the waffers and the and the whoever's. Right. You know what I'm saying? No matter their facilities ain't the greatest, right? But that doesn't matter. 
You understand what I'm saying? They're not even an issue. Right now, the issue is HBCUs, okay, coaches, schools, the whole nine yards, all right? So all we need, forget facilities, forget anything else, is for Jeff and Rob and guys like them to promote and talk about us just as much as they're talking about everybody else. And that's all that's going to – that's the only way it is going to change. We can go out here and say BCA, BCA, all we want. Knock on doors, boom, 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 boom. I'm Sean Woods. I'm CY. I'm this person. I'm this person. But if Jeff Goodman and Rob don't say anything about it, it's nothing. It doesn't reach national news. Mm-hmm. So how, how much How much do you guys think the lack of overall black head coaches in the game has also hurt? Because obviously you're talking about, again, not having a BCA right now. Um, you know, guys like Nolan, like Big John, whatever, taking care of guys like you guys, you know, and, and everybody moving up. Do you feel like now there were a lot more black head coaches that got hired in this past cycle that that may help you or not really? Or, or am I looking too much? In Jeff, it? Jeff, Daryl Sharp. I think when you talk about John Thompson, you talk, talk about Nolan Richardson. I mean, it was a different era because of the media, but also those guys were hall of famers. Right. Right. So, I mean, those guys can say, do what they wanted at that time. They were untouchable. College football has really changed since then. If, if in today's world, I mean, we we don't have guys like, like Nolan, like John, that that are hall of fame caliber guys. We got really good coaches. I'm not saying we don't have hall of famers, but those guys were, they were in a special place. Yeah, they could do. They could do whatever they want. They were secure. They were secure. They they had security. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me say this: the professional development part of it, I don't think is an issue. There's a lot of really good professional develop uh, development deals out here. I'm I'm on the board of directors of Step Up with Felicia Hall Allen, which is phenomenal. That I think all the coaches should should be involved with. So there, even though the BCA is gone. There are professional development turnkey, and the young lady that, that got everybody upset last week, uh, Katie. I mean, she started a minority uh, coaches deal, and it's and it's very very good. So, you know, that's why you know I said what I said about about turnkey. Not, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, even though I didn't agree with some of the comments. But uh, publicity and changing the perception from within inside of our own profession are the two places that we got to go. And I, and I want to say this, I don't know where we are in time, but this is a historical conversation today. Uh, I am so proud to be on the call with the coaches that are on this call right now. I'm honored. Uh, I do think this is the first step to us making change and opening some people's eyes. And we got, we got to keep pushing. Uh, Jeff, I don't, I love, listen, I love the fact that we can have an open and honest dialogue. And I love the fact that Sean, honestly, Sean, I do, you know me, like, that's what I want. I don't want, I don't want you sugarcoating shit to me. Like, tell me, Hey, this is a good I do. show Jeff with the profanity. Uh, every time, every time I screw up and I drop you, one, <laughs> I drop one profanity every in Charlton yells at me every time, but, but I mean it, I mean it. Like, listen, Rob and I aren't doing this unless we want to help. I haven't done enough. 
I haven't. I like I I guess I thought I had. And and, and Daryl, you know this. One of one of my favorite days ever covering this sport was hanging out with with Buck and Hampton and you guys the day you played Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. Oh, Honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, these dudes have me dancing. And Rob knows how bad I dance. You don't want to see that. You do not want to see that. see that. But I'm telling you, like, I would love to come down. Now, again, it's not easy, guys. It, it, I, I'm not lying to you. Like, it's not easy. I'm here in Boston. It's not like I'm getting in the car and driving to any one of you. Right? Like, it's not. So, it's not as easy. That's not an excuse. I can certainly do it. I got to have access. I got to have a great story to be able to sell to my bosses to be able to do it. Hey, but, Jeff, but I, I, got, I got a story for you. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> Why don't you – is there any way you could maybe do like a, a HBCU tour? I know you – several times – like I, I follow you on Twitter – where I see where you stop stop it at places and you and you visit them during the preseason. Why don't you do something like that with uh, with HBCUs? I would love to do it. I would love to do it. The swag you, know? you can cover all of that within a yeah. two day two day three day span in the swag. No, you're right. I mean, listen. Same thing with the MIAC. I haven't done that in years because I'm I'm older and probably a little softer than I used to be. But I, but I would love to be able to do it again um, and hop in the car. I mean, that was one of the reasons I did it in the Midwest, because you could hop in the car and get to a bunch of different places within a week time and get seven or eight practices in. You can do it in a MEAC, I mean, in a SWAC easily. Really? Yeah, you get from Houston to Louisiana, what, three and a half hours? Three and, three and, and a half, half hours. hours, yep. You know, you, you know yeah. Montgomery from us is five and a half, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Jeff, you guys had said something about this earlier about, you know, it being more, more black head coaches now than previously. Uh, COVID kind of helped boost it up a little bit. The Black Lives Matter helped boost it up a little bit. But I think all, all these young men are, are promoting themselves at a high level. Um, and, and, and for us to continue to do that with your help and along with, you know, your counterparts, that definitely uh, put us in a good spot. But um, – we're battling, like CY said, we're battling the same thing with all the other schools. You know, CAA, Southern Conference, we're battling the same thing. And the budgets aren't really that far apart. And, and, it, and it's funny because being at High Point for seven years and then going to A&T, the athletic budget was very comparable. Really? It might not be now that Coach Smith is there, but <laughs> – Prior to that, it was very comparable, you know. So, the, yeah, the facilities. I think if you're comparing the MEAC and you're comparing the Big South from top to bottom, they're equal. You, you got you got a handful of good ones and a handful of bad ones. You know what I'm right, saying? Before we we're gonna wrap in a little bit, but I want to give everybody a chance here. I know Ben, how how different is it for you, being that you're not in in the MEAC or the SWAC, you're in the OVC at, at Tennessee State. How different is it for you? I mean, we feel like we are. I mean, uh, we get treated differently a lot of times, you know, with, you know, game situations and things like that. But Coach Collins, you know, our head coach here, he's, he's an extremely positive guy. You know what I mean? And, and I can only say, you know, the teams like Belmont and Murray State, those are the teams that kind of carry our league. And when you have teams like that that's carrying our league, you get more positive uh, media attention, positive media attention. 
And uh, when I was working at Jackson State and I was in the SWAC, we, we need more we need more media attention like this. It needs to be positive. Though. You know, you can't just show you can't just show a SWAC team or even Tennessee State going out and getting by for the state and then never covered it, covering them again. You know, because then you're forgotten. And that's the reason why people don't know about us is because the national attention. We don't have that. We need to get that. And, and that will definitely show the great coaches that are here. I mean, you can't tell me that that Coach Woods, with his budget, being a great coach, getting the kind of players that he can get, if you give him even more money at a better school, you know, a school, I wouldn't even say better school, at a higher level school, he can't do even better than what he's doing now. But, I mean, people have to know him. We have to see him. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's lacking in, in HBCUs in our profession is we don't, we don't see each other. And I think we don't spend enough time with each other, too, when we're out. We don't promote each other enough when we're out. Coach, I, I think part of that, that is on, is on us, too, battle. because we, we mentioned, um, like, when in the press conference, right? Mm-hmm. I think – and I got to jump off here in a second because I got to go take my son to a practice. But the last thing I just want to say is that it, it should be on me and it should be on Jeff to be able to make it so that you don't have to be a 16 seed upsetting a one out of a HBCU to be able to win – a press conference. I should be able to make it so that Sean Woods or Robert Jones or Lavelle Moton is somebody that uh, that that an AD can hire and be proud of hiring and not have to worry about uh, fans or boosters or whatever it is. It should be on us. So uh, my numbers in that that group text, please. If you have anything for me, don't don't hesitate to reach out. I, I'm here. I want to be an ally. I want to help and let me know what I can do. Thank you, Thank you Rob. Thank you. Uh, to me, guys, the reason why people on the outside don't respect this much when you win so much, like Coach Woods won a lot, Will Jones just won a lot, uh, Rob Jones, and I know how good these guys are. I just got to give them some shit. It's tough. But the problem is what people don't respect it because they're saying you're beating each other. You know what I'm saying? That's who you're beating. So that you're not outside of this HBCU league and beat in their mind. We know. We know how tough it is to win. But what they're saying is, hell, good because they beat each other. I mean, that's the way they look at it. I know no, you're right. If, if, you're absolutely right because if, if Tennessee State beats Belmont, it's a totally different deal. It's a totally different ball game. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. But if we beat Norfolk or they beat – like now we've beaten each right. other. So that's why you're winning because you're the best of each other. Yeah, no, listen. Again, I, I think I'll take, I'll take the brunt of this. Uh, because it does sound like the number one thing that you guys are saying that can be done better, that's easy to fix, the perception, is with the national media. And, and, and I'll take that and, and certainly do better. You know, I, I try to – a lot of the things that I've done over the years have honestly been for low- and mid-major guys, like when I did the top assistants in the league, when I ranked the, the schools in every league. Um, I, I try to do that because – I mean, let's face it, like, see why it doesn't need the, the attention at Florida State. But when I do some of these things, it's with you guys in mind. But sometimes, again, I forget the perception is so different with you guys in the HBCUs as it is even with the America East. I don't look at it differently. I really don't. But I think also, like, I tell the John Becker story probably more. At Vermont, right, when he wins the league. I'm probably building that up more than I am when Will or Robert Jones or Lavelle win the league. I I don't think I am on purpose, but maybe I'm doing it. 
I, I don't know. I need to be called out, I guess, more for that. And and I got no problem being called out for it. Trust me. And Jeff, and Jeff let me say this. You know, I don't want to send a message out that these guys deserve something for nothing. You got to win. Yeah. You got to we got you got to win. College basketball, every individual respects winning. But you got Reggie Sharp on the call at North Carolina Central. How many championships have they won? Right. Right. Right? I mean, they respect it's almost like they respect the Division II national championship more than they do the MIAC or SWAC, which if you win a championship at any level, it should be respectful. Well, again, why didn't Robert Jones get a job? Like, unbelievable. Like, the, the dude won the league this year. There were how many 55 Division I openings this past year? Like, no disrespect to, to Kyle Neptune from Villanova. No disrespect to him at all. But, like, Robert Jones is from New York, right? He didn't get Fordham. And we got, and, and did he get interviewed? He did. He did get interviewed. He did get interviewed. He, did. he was in okay, the mix. Good. He was in the mix, but but you wonder how much the perception hurt him. One guy comes as an assistant coach from Villanova. Now again, hey, listen, he's been a part of two national title teams. Give him credit. That's but, that's, but that's the thing that Coach Sharp was mentioning. You yeah, know, when in the press conference, right, right. You know, the guys they won the press conference. They've won a couple of national championships. Right. He's been on that staff. And you got to respect that now. He won two national titles. Now. He, right. You got to respect that. But, but, but Coach, Jones, Coach Jones has won sitting in that seat. Right. He's been in that seat. He's been in that in that in that in that hot seat. You know about yeah. his team. I've been, been there. Of winning championships and battling every single day in that seat. But hey, listen, fellas, I'm with y'all on everything. But you win two national titles, coach. You know, well, let's let's I, take listen, I love y'all boys. I want to go with you on this. But well, you well, let's take another situation. Ooh. The James Madison situation is right here in Virginia. Now we didn't play them previously, but he didn't even get a phone call. And he's a he's living in Virginia, coaching in Virginia every day. And and, and, and that's and, awesome. And that's awesome. Southern. No disrespect to Mark, because he did a phenomenal job this year. But we also beat them this year. So call a spade a spade. You know, so Rob, maybe maybe not for them. You're right. Maybe they did win two national championships. But there are a lot of other schools that have passed by him. And he's right here locally. And they keep on going. Which is it's not because he can't coach. Because if you spend five minutes with him and you talk basketball with him, you'll know that this man knows what he's doing. I'm, I'm one of his biggest supporters, man. He's... He's phenomenal at what he does, and I've learned a lot from him working with him for the last five years. And Andrew, we, we, I, let's let Andrew get in, uh, get in some thoughts here. He's been listening, soaking it up from all you uh, elder statesmen. Let's hear from the young guy a little bit before we wrap on kind of your thoughts. You played at Alabama. You've only had a, a short experience here, um, you know, at an at an HBCU. What do you think when you hear all this? Is there anything else that you think that can be done to change, help change the perception, to elevate whatever it is. Uh, I appreciate you know being a part of it, sitting here listening to you guys. I have learned a lot. Um, I think getting you know the more media exposure out there will help. And um, you know a big part of it, I think, is the financial situation. You know, I go back to when I got recruited, and I'm thinking about my future. You know, what's gonna best help me get to where I'm trying to get to. And if the schools aren't able to compete or to get it close, 
you know, that's where the best players are going to go. We all know the pool of the best players, they're going to win. And I think one thing that can help that is you see a lot of people, you know, giving money to HBCUs, but it seems like a lot of it goes to the same two. I think if we can find a way to spread some of that money around to where the same four or five aren't the ones getting a lot of money, and maybe that's where something where, you know, getting the propaganda out there, getting more media exposure will help. You know, I think this, on our level, we've got to do all we can to make sure we're creating as much value as we can for the kids. And I, I think that's that's a good way to start it. Yeah, I mean, I, I need to see more of, of, of the schools. I do. I need to see the resources. You know, I've been to some, but not nearly enough. Um, obviously, you know, people – when I go to games, it's more, you know, Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona. Like, those are the games now. Trust me. And you can ask anybody around here. I will, especially since my daughter actually started liking sports, I will take her to any, like, Northeastern, BU, like, any mid-major, low-major game as often as I can. But it is it is harder. Unless there's a great story, people want to hear right about Kentucky. And Kansas and Duke, there's a reason they're on TV every day. I mean, there is from from my perspective, right? We still have to satisfy the consumer. And, and I think that's something that I always say, like, if there's a great story, it's a whole lot easier, whether it's at an HBCU or a low major, whatever it is, I, I feel like I can tell it a whole lot easier. If you've got a great story, I tell sports information directors this all the time. I'm like, call me. Call me with a good story. Well, you know, I, can, I don't have to come down necessarily to write it. I can write it talking to people. We can do the best thing about Zooms is you can have people on like I'm doing right now, uh, everybody together and do it a little bit differently. So I, I think, again, I'm not saying, hey, I'm not going to go out and try to find a story. I am. I am. But but it, it is a whole lot easier if somebody says, and you guys know your players better than anybody. Well, Jeff, I want to touch on that, and, and we it's the only thing we hadn't touched on. I want to touch on this before we leave. There are better players at the HBCU level than we give them credit. Totally. When I was the head coach at Georgia Southern, I went to Virginia Tech and got the first ACC win in the history of the school. A couple of weeks later, Cy Alexander and North Carolina A&T came in and popped me at home, and we thought we were pretty good. So what I'm saying is this, they are better players at the HBCU leagues and they're giving them credit. We just are not educated on them. Right. They right. just don't know them. And, and that's, that needs to be addressed about the talent. I, I watched some of the guys that was at Norfolk State. I saw them in the tournament. I saw them go head-to-head at App State. I mean, they outcoached them. But I thought they, their one, two, and three was better. And I didn't think it was close. I mean, you think about it, CY. I mean, I know Ahmad, they just they signed a, a four-star kid this year. We got a four-star transfer coming in this year. Yeah. You know, I can only speak about those that I know I, I know our league. I don't know what's going on in the SWAT. But there are young men coming in our league that are excited. And, and one of ourselves was the fact that we are HBCU. And they were excited about the experience. The young man we took who's a transfer from Boston and was like, hey, man, I want that experience. I want to see something different. I want to be in an environment where I feel comfortable to be able to communicate with my coaches on a consistent basis. So there are a lot of stories and there are a lot of great, great players 
like you said, see why that are here. And I mean, even for us, we you, you talk about the environment and Andrew was saying like, what's best for my future? In Norfolk State, we've had in five years, I mean, I'm sorry, in eight years, we've had 33 guys go play professionally. I mean, but that's a story that no one knows. Right. But we have to continue, like you said, our, our SIDs have to get that out. And we have to continue to do a job of getting that out. Yeah, you guys, can, listen, you guys got all got my number. You do. Like, there, there's nothing wrong with promoting. There's nothing wrong with self-promoting. It's not even self-promoting because, again, I can't know. We can't know everybody. There's 350 teams. Again, I'm not making excuses. Trust me. Um, but, I, but I think if you've got a great story and you know your kids better than anybody and you've got a different, unique story, those are the stories that are easy to tell. Those are the stories that can get me down there to, to your campus and be able to see and justify coming down for a few days and see again. That's for anybody. Like, that's not just for you guys. That's for anybody. It's hard now because the climate is different where even ESPN, everybody's cutting back. Everybody's cutting back on travel. We can't just go out. Like, I'm hoping to be able to go out in July. So it, it's got – you got to be able to justify now being able to get out and, like you were saying, Sean, spend a week with you guys. Not as easy now as it used to be for me to be able to just say, you know what, I'm going. Hey, CY, hey, CY, I just wanted to say one thing, man. You know, you, you, you've been talking with Katie. I've had a couple of conversations with Katie as well, man. Awesome lady. Awesome lady. You know, she, she's definitely, definitely been helpful, you know, um, learning from her and speaking with her in, in uh, Turkey. But, you know, like you said, I know different words, different words for different people. You know, some people accept things a, di- a different way and it's a foreign language, but you know, they, she, she is, she's definitely a, a great lady. Um, but Jeff, when you come to these campuses, yeah. you're going to be shocked at how diverse it is. People yeah. don't realize that because they say it's HBCUs. It's a lot of diversity. We have one of the top engineering programs in college, in universities and colleges at A&T. I, no, I, I, I got to make a run. I got to make a run through, and, and I'm going to try to do it this year. So the, the only hard part this year, guys, is I got to go in the preseason. My, my daughter's a high school junior. I got to go where she wants to go to, to, to look at school. So I don't know how much control I'm going to have this year in September. Jeff, make sure you come to Louisiana. Me and Coach Woods will take you to get you, get you some fried alligator. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I don't know. I don't know if my daughter's going to eat fried alligator. I will try it. That's for sure. Like, I'm sure she'll like Nashville, Jeff. Bring on over to Nashville. Man. No question. No, Jeff, no. Jeff, make sure you get down to Hampton. That's an easy guys. sell. That's hey, an Jeff, easy sell. You can Jeff, come down to Hampton and have hitting off of state. Jeff, pre-conference, you can go wherever you want. The best time to come is in conference. So, right, right. you know, from January to March. You know what I mean? That's that's when you need to come come check check one of us out. All and right. the atmosphere of HBCU games. I mean, I you know my father was a longtime college coach, mid major, and he even says it. He coached it in the Southland for over twenty years. The atmosphere, game atmosphere of HBCUs compared to low mid majors, Southland, OVC, all of that is better. Not even close. It's not none. Close. It's not even close to it. I'm gonna tell you. You know, I remember CY when you came down. I think you were at Georgia Tech and you came down to TSU. Blew your mind. Blew your mind. And uh, and, and Jeff, you won't find a, a rivalry better than Anti Central or Hampton and Norfolk. 
those environments and those game days is 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 tremendous. The the, the atmosphere is electric. So you will actually be doing yourself a disservice by not spending a couple of hours in those environments. All right, I'm going to do it this year. I promise I'm going to do it. It may not be preseason, like Sean said. I'm going to try to get to a couple of games during the season when the rivalries are there, um, when, again, I could spend some time and, and do it right. So, listen. And Jeff, David, I'll tell you what. Jeff, I'm going to take this further. I'm going to take uh-huh. this even further, okay? Since you're taking an initiative, which we need you. I'm not going to lie to you. Sean Woods, you know, man, you go way back. So, I'm just telling you, maybe you could be – you can even set – do something of, of a service to HBCUs. And I'm just I'm just throwing this out there now. Throw anything out there. Okay. Maybe it may take someone like you to educate our SIDs and things like that to, to, yeah. to, to help. You understand what I'm saying? You know what? I will get them all. I will invite them all to a, a private Zoom. There you go. There you go. I mean, as we're talking here, I'm thinking of other ways. And I know we got like Top Connect and things like that. Trust me. My mind's turning here of how I can start something like that and involve you guys a whole lot more than you're involved. Or reach out to the Richard Sander from Top Connect and, and, and give him a little push. And some of the other people who do these, you know, Jason Belzer does one. Give him a little push. Like, let's. Let's have more inclusion here and give you more opportunities to get in front of the right people. Because again, listen, I enjoyed this one. See why? How many have we done now? Is this number seven? Seven. Just seven. I'm not just saying this, guys. Because see why I know it's like I don't. I ain't full of. Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Everybody on this panel and and and, and the rest of the coaches, assistant head coaches, they need you just as much as John Calipari need you as much as bill self needs you they they we probably need you more we need you more and, and to be honest i like you guys more i don't know if this is going to air but but <laughs> again i listen i came up as a as a recruiting guy i'm right. way more i'm way more comfortable uh grinding it out like you guys all do what people don't understand is your work ethic is way better than a lot of those and hey, you will not, doesn't have to work come on and, See why I can go in the gym and get whoever he wants. That's right. Another thing will amaze you is how creative <laughs> we have to be to even stay afloat. That's what people, that's what that's where we're misunderstood. Yeah. When we're saying we're this, we're that, we have to be more creative than any any coaches at any institution in the in the country. Yeah. Because we have to what? We have those obstacles that we have to overcome to sell to get student athletes that are worthy, talented enough to come play for us. You know, another thing I think that has hurt in a little, in a little bit of a way. So a lot of us, the national media people will go to certain events in, in July, right? Like it's usually a peach jam, right? Usually a peach jam. Well, a lot of you guys are probably grinding it out at different events. than going to the peach jam and watching some dude that you're recruiting, maybe not get off the bench. So I think that is another Avenue to me, anytime you see me, come over, talk to me. Like I'm going to try to go to uh, Adidas and Under Armour in 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 what Atlanta and in, in Georgia and Alabama that first week in July. I'm out. Sit with me, like come, like like that's, you know. Unfortunately, you know, as you get older, what do you tend to do? You go in these gyms and you see somebody you know, and what do you do? You sit with them as you get older, right? Like isn't that just but the more 
I think the more people get to know people, it's easier for me to go to bat when an AD calls me or a head coach calls me and they ask me about somebody. Well, I'm, I'm you know, if I've only met somebody once, I'm going to tell that coach, like, I don't know. I don't know him well enough. So, like, the better you get a chance to know me, like, Sean, it's easy for me. It's easy. I know you well. Like, it's easy for me to talk when people try to talk about something that happened to you years ago. And I could say that was bullshit. Like, I know Sean. I know him. Like, I know his character. The last thing, uh, John, uh, Jeff and CY, that I want to leave everybody with is that, you know, we're not asking for nobody to give us anything or nothing like that. So this is mostly for the young coaches. Andrew, I know you're pretty young. War Eagle, by the way. Uh, but I know you're pretty young. Uh, but this is for the young coaches that's watching this yeah, in HBCU. Hard. If you want to get what you're worth, you got to carry yourself for what you think you're worth. So make sure you always take care of yourself and do all the things, work hard, do what you need to do in order to get to where you want to go. Uh, so I think that's the main thing is we just want what we think we're worth. But if you also want what you think you're worth, you got to carry yourself in that way. Uh, so I think that's another issue that we got to make sure that we got our grips on too. Uh, just carry yourself the way you want to be perceived. Listen, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody's time. I, it was great. Um, again, I hope it was helpful. Uh, you know, again, see why and I started this to try to help coaches. And in my opinion, nobody needs more help than you guys to be able to change that, that perception. And I think you're right. Like it starts with me. It starts with the media and I'm going to do my part as best as I can. And I need you guys to call me out if I don't. And I need you guys to let me know what else you may come up with another idea that you're thinking of throughout the season, but reach out to me, reach out to me. That's, that's the biggest thing I can say is, is communication, and I'm here to hear anything and try to implement anything I can do to help because, listen, as I'm getting older, it's all I want to do at this point. That's all I want to do. And, and you guys, know, same thing. Everybody's kind of getting older and, you know, other than Andrew, who looks like he's 18. Um, you know, everybody else is kind of getting older at this point, and, you know, you want your opportunities that you, that, that you deserve. So, again, thanks for – Thanks for doing this, uh, Candid Coaches Conversations, and uh, we will see you next week.